welcome to the Edge of the Headlights podcast, where we don't know what the hell we're doing 90% of the time. Especially if I tell Marty we're going to start recording and he starts making some weird vocal sounds. I was just checking, man. Just so how has your week been, Marty? It's, it's long as hell, man. But, uh, you know, it's it's there. It's, yeah. it's definitely there. Heading into uh, holiday weekend. Uh, as everybody, most people who listen to us know, we uh, record Wednesdays. And we're coming into Easter weekend. And my job was magnanimous enough a couple of years ago to be like, we're going to give you a good Fridays off. Which is easy for them because we only work like four hours on a Friday. So they're like, yeah, just throw them the four hours. It makes them happy. And then I've got all next week off. So I'm looking at like almost a week and a half where I don't have to be at work. It's going to be fucking glorious. You're a dickhead. Yeah, um, today in history, too, is a very sad day. Well, Yeah. On April 13th, which is the day we're recording, right, right. in 2013, these gentlemen passed into the great beyond. They would be James Axler, Don Pendleton, and Jack Hopkins. They all died on the same day. Hmm. Yeah, they're all pen names of Nick Pilata. Ah, uh, yes. It's been nine years since that man's Oh passed. my gosh, seriously? Yeah. Whew. Whew, man, it doesn't seem like that long. No, it's been Holy nine years. Holy crap. If anybody's wondering Nick Pilata, he writes a bunch of like urban fantasy books. Like, yeah. Brio 13 books is what he's most known oh, yeah, for. Yeah. Um, illegal aliens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really. That good, darn really squid good. god. Yep. Um, to Tequila Mockingbird is an yep. awesome short story. Now you uh, actually turned me on to that guy with uh, Bureau Thirteen stuff. And you're yeah. like, oh man, check it out. You're gonna you're gonna love these. I'm like, ah, all right, crackhead, whatever. <laughs> so I read the first one. I like blaze through it, man, because it's so good. Yeah. And yeah, uh, Squid God is fantastic. Basically, a. a, a Alternate retelling of, of War of the Worlds is basically what yeah. it is. But yeah, it's fantastic. The guy was such a good writer, man. Ugh. Well, I don't know oh, if I've told this story, but when that's like first Facebook was just starting to come yeah. out when I when he right before he passed, and I got a hold of him on Facebook. I was a Facebook friend with him. Oh, yep, yep. And I said, "Are you going to make a Bureau Thirteen book number four? And he goes, "Yes." Needless to say, he passed before he could get that book out. Right. Ugh. Because it was actually gonna, because he did some back history ones. Yep, yep. But then he was gonna do like continuation of the, after the first three. Yeah, the main story. Yeah, I, I call it. Yeah. But he uh, passed fantastic. before he could get it done, and I don't know if his wife has the notes or. Right. Yeah, I don't know how far sons. along he was in yeah. writing it. Ho- hopefully, it's not like a a Frank Herbert kid takes over and changes everything you've done kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. I'd just rather not have it come out at that point, but. Uh, Oh man, yeah. I, oh, thanks for bringing that back up, man. I completely forgot. Yeah, we got we should get some armbands made for right. every April thirteenth. Oh um, man, that just sucks. We just wear them around. Everybody's like, "What the hell are you wearing an armband for?" It's a sad day. It is. Oh man, yeah. No, that's fucking awful, dude. Sorry. Uh, it's a. Yeah, it's all right. We lost Gilbert Godfrey this week too. Yeah, like, this is a bad week. Within a year, we lost Louis Anderson. Yeah. Mr. Saget, I can't think of his Yeah, Bob Saget. Bob Saget, and now Gilbert Godfrey. Right, just like, uh, The comedy rat pack of the world. Oh, man, like, uh, Saget is one of those guys I hated, because my my first uh, exposure to him was, like, fucking Full House, and, and America's Funniest Home Video crap from, like, the late 80s. And I was like, oh, this guy's a piece of shit. How is he even a, a funny guy? And then I actually saw some of his actual stand-up 
that was one of the crudest, crassest goddamn dudes on the planet. And I was like, okay, man, I'm in. <laughs> I'm totally in with this guy. Whatever he puts out, I'm That's like, be nowadays, most people couldn't handle Eddie, Eddie Murphy raw. That's oh, <laughs> yeah. No, some of the stuff in that. Yeah, Andrew just, Dice Clay. That's yeah, what yeah, we yeah. grew up on. And um, who's the screaming guy? Sam Kinison. Uh, Sam was the best. Yeah, we were actually supposed to go see him because he was going to be in uh, Vermillion. Yeah. And we were like, oh, man, we're going to go. And it was... Not long before that, he was in his, his car accident and died. And we're just like, we were this close to seeing Sam, man. That's just, ah, uh, that sucks. And it yeah. was, ah, uh, that, that one really sucked. That was a horrible one. It's like, not Sam Kinison. Oh, man. All right. We're going to stop talking about dead people now. <laughs> we're going to talk about one of my fucked up dreams I had on Monday. <laughs> Which involves dead people. Damn no, this it, seriously, come on, man. You got to hear this dream I had. Oh, God. I actually wrote it down. Oh, damn. It was that messed up. All right, it starts off, I am staring at a white house, which is three stories tall and has numerous windows. The funny thing about this house is I've dreamt about this same house at least seven or eight times in the last two years. The next second I am inside the house, and the whole inside is overgrown. This house is always the same whenever I go into it. The whole inside is overgrown with plants, and I can feel the humidity. I walk up these double double stairway to the balcony. Oh, right. And there's a dome stained glass window there every time, but which is like a sun window. And the stained glass this time has an image of it, which is moss covered. I'll draw you a picture of the image, and I'll post it on Instagram. Oh, okay. The next thing you know, I'm outside an old farm place, which is my old farm place where I grew up. Oh, on. Yeah. There is a futuristic black car, like a Bugatti or something, but it's like blocky. And a blue 68 Camaro. I, I know this car because I used to own this car. <laughs> and the hood is up on it. And Jeff Gordon's working on the engine. <laughs> what, what the hell? <laughs> He's working out. And then I look at him like, Jeff Gordon? And the next second, I'm in a room with a has a gold, a bronze, diffused light. And instead of Jeff Gordon, is now Charlie Sheen. What? What and, the fuck? <laughs> and laying on one of the beds is a young Peter Fonda. And clothes, fuckers. And he asked me, have you heard the growl? Oh. After he said that, the young Peter Fonda points toward a person. I Seriously, this poison, I have ne- I do not consciously remember seeing in my whole life. Right. He has short brown hair, glasses, which are rounded, um, blue eyes, clean shaven, wearing a white t-shirt with like one of them red triangle shapes on it, like oh, 80s yeah. style. Yep. Yeah. And blue jeans. This young man then points towards the door with a window, and I see that the back of people, two naked people that are, have deep claw marks on them. Then Sebast- then I hear Sebastian Stan, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier, actor say, here they come. And then I wake up. Oh, my God, man. The White Wolf's like, look out, man. Here they come. Yeah, oh, I'd- what the shit, dude? I haven't been taking drugs, folks. I just have right. But the house is always something that is always in my right, subconscious. Right, right. It's like, if I'm going to have a dream, I know it's going to be a wicked one. Because I start off at that house oh, with yep. many numerous windows. And I go inside. There's all our own plants and everything. Yeah, see, I mean, I I, used, I ran for many years with a recurring dream. It was recurring, but not recurring. Because it always took place, like, in the, in the same place. Yeah. But every, every time I, I got into the dream and and like i would consciously realize oh i know this place the the place would fucking change things up it just too fuck <laughs> with me it's like well i'm not climbing through that because i know there's fucking ghosts that are in there that fuck with you 
So I'm going up this way. And there would be something else over this way. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, I don't know. And then I just, I haven't had them for probably like 15 years. Yeah. They just stopped. Not, not since have I had one. And they, they were like vivid enough where like I would wake up like literally fucking shaking scared. I was like, holy fuck. Okay, no, okay. I'm in my house. Everything's fine. There's no weird vampire <laughs> thing waiting up here. Okay, I'm good. Yeah. But yeah, it was like always the same place. See, I bet everybody's thinking now that they're listening to us, oh, they're going to have a do a dream thing. Nope, you're wrong, folks. We're going to talk about weird alien abductions. <laughs> I was going to say, we're talking and about... And weird uh, alien sightings. We're going to be talking about the uh, you know, evolution of the electric car today, kids. Yeah. But no, nothing quite so mundane. We're not going to do a dream one because that's just way too oh, man, rabbit just, hole. Yeah, that's if anybody's a psychologist shit. and starts listening to me, I'd probably... Be in a right, right, right. Cell someday. There, there's a sheriff's department at the door. It's like, yeah, we, we need to do a wellness check <laughs> on, on this sociopath we heard about. All right, I'm going to start this off with I, I couldn't find any actual writing on this on the internet, so I wrote it down manually from this oh, yep. YouTube channel called Beyond Creepy. This story takes place the summer of '97 in China. A soldier of the 28th Army watched as a strange object crashed into the Army camp court ground. He ran to the area of the crash and found a strange saucer-shaped object about 6 feet tall and 19 feet around. It was silvery white in color. He did not observe any damage to the outside, so he assumed the Chinese military had not shot down the craft. But maybe it, stu- maybe it suffered a malfunction to a local thunderstorm possibly struck by lightning. He noticed the door on the side of the craft was open, and on the ground were two emancipated non-humanoid entities. One appeared dead or unconscious, while the other was severely injured. They were both thin and short, covered about three feet tall, and covered in hair, and had possum-like features. Oh. The soldier strongly sensed that they had genders. The unconscious one he felt was a male, and the severely damaged one he thought was female. When he approached the injured one, it looked at him and spoke some unknown language. He sensed it was calling for help. Other people had observed the incident and showed up and were shocked by what they saw. Later that night, the creature and the UFO were retrieved by the military police and the camp was quarantined. Basically, the whole camp was locked down in silence by the Chinese government. Nothing has ever come out about it again. It's weird. It's surprising there isn't a whole <laughs> lot of information out there on that. But, but I think our government would do the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think they have multiple times. But man. if you guys want to see the YouTube video, it's called um, Possum People and uh, Parking Lot Creepers. Uh-uh. And it's by, it's by a YouTube channel called Beyond yeah, Creepy. yeah. yeah. I have seen some of their stuff. They actually have some really cool stories they do. on there, man. And, and they're stories that are enough that I, I tend to want to believe what they're saying. As opposed to some of them where it's like, man, this is clearly a fan fiction that's been written by somebody who thinks they're a hero. <laughs> you know, <laughs> theirs are a little more off. But speaking of, of, of furry aliens, man, <laughs> uh, I actually not, found this story. It was We're not talking about the last convention you went to. No, no, man. It, that was fun, too. But, uh, no, uh, it seems like like South America, because I came across a ton of stories from South America from around 53 to 57. Just They must have had a, a flap of maybe a few stories, and then shit just kind of grew, because, you know, especially at that time, sometimes it was like, are, are they just making up this story because everyone is making up these stories? 
But I did come across one from uh, 1954 in Venezuela. Where these two men were driving around, uh, kind of outside their town. And they were stopped by a, a large, bright ship that landed basically right in the middle of the road in front of them and stopped. Uh, they watched like these three small, they, they described them as furry aliens. And they were around that three to four foot, just like the possum people apparently. Uh, you get out of this ship and start walking towards these guys' vehicle. Well, they've gotten out to be look at it and they're like, what is going on? And these three aliens uh, come up to them and start physically trying to grab them and drag them to their ship. And they, they, the guys are like, we're not having any of this, start fighting back. And uh, one of them pulls a pocket knife and is fighting them off, but the knife won't pierce their skin. And eventually the, the aliens take a, a small, uh, they, they described it as a rod, kind of like almost like a flashlight is what it sounded like, and hit them with a beam that uh, paralyzed them. They could still see... And then, according to their story, the aliens got back in the ship and left. And then, <laughs> then they were able to move after a few minutes, and they just went home. So he tasered their ass. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I, I have to wonder if there wasn't more to that. If it was a true story, is there a, a possibly a missing time event for these guys? And they I just got don't a theory know about on missing time. Cause... Because, I mean, re- realistically, you were fighting them off with a knife. It wasn't piercing their skin. They, you obviously weren't getting the upper hand on these three, but they paralyze you and then just leave. Yeah, that really doesn't check out to me, man. I, I have a feeling that they probably went ahead and paralyzed them, took them, did what they needed, brought them back, and then what they saw was them getting back on their ship and leaving. But yeah, it was just like, fought them off with a pocket knife that was completely ineffective, but they tased you and, and just went, nah, we're, we're going to go. We're, yeah, we're you not learned your lesson. We tased you. <laughs> you, you. You fought well, valiantly, brave soldier. We're just going to leave you here. I just <laughs> find that hard to believe. But yeah, no, man, I came across like a pile of uh, stories, not exactly like this, but the same kind of thing, where people were getting visited by things down in South America, Venezuela, Colombia, all of them in about a four-year period of just like 53, 54, 55. I was like, well, that is wild. Was there really something going on? Or, you know, like sometimes you get, uh, even here in the U.S., we had some of that. Like after... Uh, Betty and Barney Hill. Yeah. Uh, you had a bunch of people coming out saying they were abducted. Some of them were so off the wall that it's like, uh, like all the people that, you know, oh, we were... We were uh, Abducted by the people from Reticuli, and they, uh huh, uh huh. I'm sure you'd... there are actually a See, few cults. That... I, I'm sorry, I don't believe aliens have come here yet. But if these people did get abducted, right? You gotta, you gotta believe them. Oh yeah, no, I mean you gotta look into <coughs> the story. And I have a, I kind of had a, my personal opinion is sometimes the most off the wall shit. Is actually the most truthful, right? Right. Because it doesn't fit into any parameters of alien abductions. You have yeah. the grays. Oh, they have, they have blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. a typical gray looks like. But then you have like, well, this guy he kind of looks like a cross between Alf and Big Bird. Uh, right, like, right, right. Whoa, that sounds a lot more interesting, and it's probably more likely. Yeah. Who the hell and, would think of that? And like I said, that's where you run into trouble now. Even through most of my adult life, of listening to abduction stories. 
because the stories of greys have become so Prevalent. pervasive into yeah. our pop culture and everything else. They got like a, they got like three bangers well, on my face. Yeah, I mean it's just it's become part of our society to some extent. Not yeah. even just on the fringe, man. Like I mean, you see alien shit in every mall and in, in the in the country, uh, and and it just it it really to me sometimes uh, sh- sheds a bit of doubt when, when I hear one of those stories. And I want to believe them, and I will listen to their story. But there's always that little bit of like, well. Is this what they've heard before? Because anybody who watches any kind of paranormal stuff has heard multiple abduction stories of greys. Yeah. And, you know, if you're making the story up, it's pretty easy to go, well, it's just like they had, so it's to give it some credibility. It's like, oh, there's a consistency to it. But like I said, in, in this day and age, it's so hard because it's everywhere. I mean... Even people who aren't really into this could probably tell you a pretty convincing uh, gray alien abduction story. Simply because they've seen it enough in different shows and everything else. Whether it be X-Files or, you know, actual documentary paranormal type stuff. Yeah. Well, usually like when you think of abductions too, it's usually happening out in rural country or back roads. Right, right. Have you ever heard the story of the Manhattan transfer abduction? Yes. That happened like in Manhattan. Yeah, in like <laughs> middle of busy New York City. Yep. Yeah, it's a. Uh. I'm gonna give you a brief overview of it. Right. During his lifetime, Bud Elliott Hopkins, very yep. big UFO, ufologist, father of the abduction movement, he wrote a pair of books on the subject. The second of which led to a third. Surgery. The only what? Whatever. The only problem was with this hypothesis. Transfer abduction. She originally called herself Linda Cortell, but she later changed her name to Linda Napoli Latano. Around 3.30 a.m. on November 30th, 1989, Linda... She underwent an examination. With selected parts of events not immediately available, her Hopkins decided to try hypnotic regression. This session took place over the course of much of the following year. Along with her original memories, these sessions filled in many blanks of standard abduction experience. What makes the Manhattan transfer abduction experience stands out from almost every other one was what happened just over a year after the abduction. Hopkins received apparent confirmation from two additional witnesses. The letter arrived in the post from a man called Richard and Don. Even though the letters corroborated the reports Linda made, Hopkins did have some doubt over the pair. Wanted to know more about them. Hopkins conducted a background check on them. It turned out that both men had the same career. Close quarters bodyguard. Additionally, on the 30th of November, both men were regarding the same man. Some people believe the man was the current United States Secretary General, Javier Perez de Salier. I know I just screwed up that last name. <laughs> <laughs> the three of them were in a limousine and were crossing the, crossing the Brooklyn Bridge when they saw something that shocked them. Both bodyguards insisted that they saw a woman flying floating away above the ground towards a massive craft covering nearby. If that wasn't enough of a sight, the, a trio of other beings were op- occupying the woman. When the four entered the craft, it headed for the East River and disappeared underwater. Military base is underwater. That's a common Maybe. theme, too. Whatever took place in the middle of, the, middle of that November night had a pro- profound effect on Linda, and even more so on the bodyguards. Both men became more irrational and began to display psychotic behavior. 
Dan convinced himself that Linda was an unusual supernatural power or an extraordinary influence on people. Dan's borderline obsession with Linda took on a much more serious threat when he began stalking her. Things took on a strange turn on the 29th of April, 1991, when both men were afflicted with a more down-to-earth abduction of Linda. They bundled her into their vehicle and interrogated her for several hours. All this took place in broad daylight. It was Dan who took the role of the so-called bad cop. At no time did he accept Linda's denials about the abduction, original abduction experience. The more protests, the more protests she uttered, the more upset he became. Six months after the second abduction, Linda suffered a third. Wouldn't you think she would have got a protection order against these guys by now? Oh, Jesus. I'm just saying, I'm not a play devil's advocate here. Somebody abducted me. I'm like, did he let it happen three times? Yeah, wow. Yeah. Dan brought Linda to a safe house in the Long Island and forced her to put on a nightgown similar to the one she wore when she saw her floating away from her apartment. Richard was nowhere to be seen, but Linda did recall that she spied some official paperwork from the CIA. Linda didn't manage to escape the house, but the foot chase ended when Dan caught up with her on a beach. Dan dunked her head into the sea more than once before Richard turned up and coaxed Dan into releasing her. Richard took Linda home. A month later, Richard turned up at her door. He told her that Dan's obsessive behavior had become so out of control that he was actually committed to an asylum. Wow. Other witnesses. While this was taking place, Bud Hopkins received another letter in the mail. This came from a woman called Janet Trimbo. She revealed that she, too, was driving across the Brooklyn Bridge at the time of the original abduction. Trimbo, a retired telephone operator, assumed that the event was nothing more than a scene or filming of a scene for an upcoming science fiction film. I would like to know what we could do that. That'd be awesome. Right. Jesus, man. With the addition of a fourth witness, Hopkins made the decision to go public with some of the details of the whole event. If Cellular had come forward publicly, he could have propelled the quartile abduction into the stratosphere of UFO cases with credible documentation. Hopkins and Cellular corresponded on a regular basis, and while he did confirm details, Cellular refused to go public. Cellular was willing to meet with Hopkins behind closed doors on the condition that Hopkins never disclosed his name to the public domain. In 2003, Linda Cortell agreed to a sit-down interview with the French magazine Le Gazette for a teen. During this interview, she added several new facts to her account. The main addition to her the original report was the information of an undisclosed witness to the abduction. All that Cortell revealed was that witness was a truck driver for the New York Post and had an ideal vantage point from the Brooklyn Bridge. Today, the Linda Cortell case website claims that there is 23 witnesses to the Manhattan transfer. Abduction case on public record. Skeptic pro- provide many loopholes to the story of Linda Napolitano and argue that many details of the case could be too good to be true. The apartment block that Cortell lived in was a thro- stone throws from the active loading dock of the New York Post. None of the workers on duty shift reported anything unusual at the time. That could be due to their own schedule at the time in question. More telling facts that counts uh, against his abduction taking place are could surround Cellular and his limousine. Security personnel insist that transporting the dictionary, such as the Secretary General of the UN, is an enormous logistic process. Security teams often prepare high-ranking tra- officials travel well in advance. A huge part of this is in the timetables given. If the car that was transporting the Secretary General is even a few seconds behind schedule, the UN forces would have to move in and determine what, if any, action is required. Checkpoints are also set up 
and used to help determine whether or not lateness is an issue. It has been almost three decades and the Manhattan transfer reduction is still causing a stir. What really happened to Linda Cortell, if anything, is a debatable mystery. Yeah, it's... Uh... See, I, I did some more research on this. <clears throat> yeah. That was just the one that had other things. But there's also another version of this story where the two security guards went crazy and killed themselves. Oh. There's okay. that version that's written out too. Right. So which one is true? Well, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, I think no matter what, I think the, the two guys saw something. And mentally, I think they went downhill. I mean, it's something, it was not shit they were mentally prepared to try to justify yeah. in their own heads. Uh, yeah, I, I, oof. Yeesh, man, no, I have no idea. Like, it's a crazy case. I mean, I, I remember reading about the initial case of it uh, years ago. Uh, and, yeah, I was like, oh, man, right in the middle of fucking New York. There's but, I mean, it makes sense to some extent, too, why maybe more people wouldn't see it. It was late at night. Uh, it's a city that never sleeps, dude. Yeah, but how often are those people even looking up a lot of times? I mean, honestly... That's true. You get into bigger uh, areas where there are bigger buildings. You can't necessarily have, you don't have a clear sight to a block over to see what would be going on over there, even. Um, I don't don't know. It it seems implausible that more people wouldn't have seen it. But at the same time, having been in a big city, Especially if you've lived there your whole life, you're not looking up at the top of the buildings because you're looking at all the cool a, shit down. Yeah, it's just a fucking building. I'm just walking the fucking street to get back home. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's all you're paying attention to. The light isn't so much of an issue of seeing it because there are street lights and store lights, everything everywhere. I mean, you're not going to notice probably a light that's up above here on a ship. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to some extent, it's like, I get why That's why we got to live in the wouldn't. country and you can see more shit. Oh, yeah, man. You, you see you for miles away, man. Just oh, ridiculous. Yeah. See, I also got, because also, too, you think it's probably, like, agree, but it's just weird that it happened in New York City. Yeah. And wouldn't there at least be some type of, like, radar? Because you have the um, JFK there. Right. You, you've got two airports right next to each other in there. Uh, LaGuardia and, and uh, JFK. Yeah. Right in that same general area. And then there's another one, uh, smaller, I can't remember what it's called, right across the river in Jersey. That No one talks about Jersey. Yeah, man. We you don't talk about Jersey here. You would have found, <laughs> something would have popped up on there. You know, you would think. Yeah. Because <laughs> even in 89, man, it was, we, we, certain areas we kept track of the skies above. And New York, Washington, those are two very big ones. That, you know, government-wise, we kept a pretty uh, close eye on, just because they are a target. And this is, I mean, this is way pre-9-11 type yeah. stuff. But they are a big target. And it's... We got Wall we, Street on there. Yeah, That's you know. You got guys like Die Hard try to go rob it. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it's uh, the eye of the world is, is always on New York. And certainly our government is aware of that, too. I mean, yeah. you'd think... Something would have been seen, man, at some point, where where they would have. I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> Maybe it's like they the did. That, like it's, we could talk round circles around it. Oh yeah, we could yeah. circle back to that. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but I'm just, just saying. saying. That's why, if anybody that listens to our podcast and you think you have 
been abducted by aliens, please contact us. Oh, yeah, man. No. Absolutely. We would love to have a story like that if you think you've been contacted by aliens. We will sit down and listen to you, and we'll let you tell your story in your own words. Right. No matter how minor it might be. like Or major, or how it, weird. Right. We'll let you tell you in your own words. Yeah, no, I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't have to be on air. We'll just No, we'll just, don't tell us on air, and, just and email we'll, us or... It, right, right, yeah, right. Call us, we'll, we'll do an interview with you, and we will just paraphrase what you tell us, man, and, and tell it back. I don't, yep. I don't care whatever makes you happy, man, whatever makes you comfortable. See, but I, like me and Marty are both family men. This, this thing bothers me. This next story I'm going to talk about. Uh, all right, all right. The John Day family abduction. You ever heard this? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I have. I this happened over across the pond. This happened in England. Oh, good. And returning home to Essex in October 1974 with his wife and child, John Day, who had no belief whatsoever in UFOs or aliens, had an encounter that would change his mind forever. The journey that should have taken half an hour getting the family home at around 9.45 p.m. They arrived as normal. They left the car and got the children ready for bed. As they were doing so, John realized the time was almost 1 a.m. Their journey that seemingly had seemingly taken them over three hours. Over the coming days, all members of the family began to experience terrifying nightmares, nightmares so intense they were afraid to go to sleep. John and his wife Susan also had a perpetual feeling of anxiety and confusion. John, on the advice of local UFO report, contacted Leonard Wilder, a hypnotist who was familiar with such cases of missing time. Under hypnosis, John spoke of a driving into a strange bright mist that had suddenly fallen from the sky. A bright line be- light began to descend into the nearby field, which then shot toward the car. The whole vehicle was lifted onto another object that John described as a spaceship. Even under hypnosis, John's memories were hazy. He recalled a metal arm swinging over him, as well as feeling as he was being poked by sharp instruments. He also recalled that the spaceship had furniture that was molded into the wall with no obvious seams. The next memory he had is of driving his family onto his driveway. Damn. See, but that story reminds me of another story I did not write down. It's hard to find. But this happened in the Mojave Desert. And it was on a TV program. And I've read the story. But basically, these people are out desert camping in an RV, like the portable camper. Yeah. And they saw these weird lights, red lights, and they made like an M in the sky. And all of a sudden, these creatures came down from the mountains, attacked their van, their Jesus. RV. Then this light showed up and lifted the van up into the UFO, and the next thing they knew it was morning. Oh, wow, man. Hey, we all had a dream. Yeah, it's the same dream. Well, that's weird. No, fuck that, man. Something, <laughs> something happened there. That's... Uh, that's just crazy as hell. Oh my god, dude. That's just... Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Man, but... Things like that, because it is a bit off the normal path. Like, like I think we talked about earlier, it is one of those where I go, oh, interesting. You know, it does pique my interest. One, I'm a curious little bitch and I want to hear new stuff instead of the <laughs> same, you know, retreaded. But yeah, it... it, it to some extent, I do kind of put a little more, I don't want to say credibility to it, but I will pay a little more attention to some of those until they start having red flags or I'm like, okay, that's all bullshit. Yeah. Oof. Man, that would just be, the Mojave's a fucking creepy place anyways, man. Cause it's just No, it's not. I've been desert. the Mojave. I've spent a lot of my military in the Mojave. I know. <laughs> 
It's actually really cool. <laughs> oh no, it's cool. Also, for that mountain that there, that's not on any map. I don't have it. Right, yeah, that I mean, that's, that's pretty normal stuff. Yeah, that's normal. Me. That's just bad cartography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's <laughs> awful. We just it, the tech just disappears when yeah. we get to that area. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's there, there's a lot of weird shit that happens in deserts like that, though. Yeah. They're just because there's nobody around. I mean, yeah. Yeah, some of it could be a natural weird thing that we just aren't aware of because we're not there that often. And most people aren't spending a whole lot of time hanging out in this desert for months on end. It's hot during the day. Hot and cold, cold as balls, man. Yeah, the <laughs> cold is just oh, brutal and yeah. filled with crappy animals that like to hurt you. So, no, man, no. You're just all against the desert, aren't you? I like the desert, man. I really do, but there's some creepy shit, man. Sidewinders... Fucking scorpions. They're all, all edible. Awful. Oh, they are. <laughs> Delicious edible crabs of, of the desert. So, <laughs> Which, okay, we're getting off the edge. One of the stories you got. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to throw us back to a, a, another older time. And oh, I just God. thought these were kind of I'm trying to bring us up to modern times. You I don't, man. I'm going to kick us back. Because I, I, found, I found a couple of these stories actually kind of amusing. Uh from 1896 to 1897 in the U.S., uh, there were over 150 reported sightings across 22 different states in the U.S. of large airships, they called them. you got to remember, this is 1896, uh, that they described as moving up to 150 miles an hour. Which, you know, was probably faster than that if it was an actual ship. Because at the time, current airships were basically like dirigibles, hot air balloons. And they reached a max speed of about Whatever five. fast the wind was. Yeah, it's about <laughs> five miles an hour. But yeah, a lot of these people reported these ships flying <laughs> what they estimated to be 150 miles an hour. These are also probably the same people that when cars came along, they, they said women shouldn't ride in them. Yeah. Because their uteruses could fly out if they went over 30 Jesus miles an hour. Christ. No, that was an actual Bullshit. argument. No, that was an argument Bullshit. they made that women shouldn't be in vehicles. Be- because their inner organs at that speed, they were not designed to drive 35 miles an hour and they could die. Yeah, no, that's legit. That's yeah, was, Oh, Jesus. Uh, fucked up history. But yeah, no, uh, there, there were a lot of them reporting kind of, uh, if, if you think like an old dirigible... Where, where they have, like, a, a a walkway along the outside where people could kind of, like, hang out and look. Yeah. Uh, some of them actually reported seeing human-like creatures up on the outsides of these things watching down at everybody as they flew past. But there were a couple of cases of actual interactions with some of these creatures. And one of them was a Colonel H.G. Shaw, who claimed to have seen a landed craft out by his property when three aliens came out and attempted to abduct him. And and in his his words, he was having none of that nonsense. See, now, first of all, okay, <laughs> this is going to sound really bad. Right. But back in them days, they would have said, oh, three goddamn Mexicans or three goddamn Chinese came out and tried to abduct me. He well, said aliens. That's what kind of gives it a little bit well, yeah, of yeah, it's, it's Because he doesn't know what the... Aliens? What the, what the hell right, are you? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, the unknown, absolutely had no idea what they were. Yeah. So they were humanoid, but certainly not something he would claim as a human, you know. Because back in those days, you were yellow, red, black, yeah. white. Yeah, pretty much that was, <laughs> Yeah. you know, in, in the U.S. I mean, yeah, it was post-World War, II, or uh, 
Civil War, yeah. but not by much. No. You know, we're like oh, yeah. in the in the twenty year span after the Civil War. But yeah, his words to the newspaper was he was having none of that nonsense <laughs> and pulled out his pistol and, and started basically just trying to pistol whip these things in until they scurried back to their airship and flew off. And I was like that would be an ex-colonel, man. He's like, no, I pistol-whipped the shit out of them, and they went a-running with their tails between their legs. Uh, there was also another story of, of a man uh, around this same time named uh, John Horan, who claimed to be taken on one of these ships and was not experimented on, but he claimed that they took him to the, the newer-found island of Hawaii where they vacationed for a week. Yeah, this is like the turn of the century. Like, Hawaii was still... Yeah, this is the report. Dude, the aliens abduct you, take you on vacation. Sweet, where are they at right now? I want them to come to my house. I need to go on vacation. The the fun thing with this story was shortly after he'd gone to the papers, his own wife blew this story right out from under him to take all of his fame away. And she was like, yeah, no, he was here that entire week. He was supposed to be vacationing with aliens in Hawaii. They're like, no, he's full of shit. Don't don't let him on your newspaper anymore. <laughs> He's just being a dick looking for fame. And I was just like, that is that is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> you don't see very many articles like that. <laughs> no, man. I was just like, that's why I, I thought it was really funny when it came across. I was like, God damn it, that's funny. <laughs> she just like, no, man, you're not going to try to milk these people for, for anything. This, no. He's full of shit. Just tell him to go back to the bar. But yeah, I was like, what? But yeah, no, there was... Uh, yeah, it was like at least 150 different reported. And of course, I think that's around the same time we also had the uh, Aurora incident from Texas. Yeah, but that, that was about, about the same time as when yeah. they had the big aeronaut, the yep. aeronauts thing, because people thought they were a whole different society. Yeah. They had, that flew around these dirigibles and they're connected like with the Illuminati and all that. Yeah, Even right, back right, then, right. they were talking about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, that's a lot of these sightings from that where you had few different groups people weren't sure what they were there were some that believed they were this uh, sky society they'd created yeah. a, a society in the sky the rich and powerful controlling everything and that's what they were doing even back in then they were talking about the rich and powerful. oh yeah man i mean it's I mean, look through history man the rich and powerful have always had control to some extent even going back to like ancient rome and greece and shit yeah. man, they were the ones in charge and and the the person shoveling the shit out was uh you know, expendable. Yep, <laughs> and and they knew damn well. It's just now we have more rights as the expendable, <laughs> you know, to, to try to fight back. Until you have those, you know, mysterious car accidents and you just don't go to work anymore after that. It's weird <laughs> how that happens when you start talking shit like that. Yeah. But yeah, no, there was uh, a, another wild one I actually saw. I didn't write down all the details because it's just pretty crazy. It's actually a, a much newer story. If that will make you happy. Yes, it will. Uh, yeah. Is it, let me ask. Is it before 1930? Yes. Is it no, after? It's after 1930. Yes, thank God. At least we got it back when they got, like, gasoline. <laughs> I, I like old stories, man. They're crazy. But no, there was a, a man named uh, Kirsten Alumshinov. Now, he was actually a chess master. He's actually, I think, still currently the president of, like, one of the major chess uh, groups. He is actually also an elected official in one of the states of Russia. And he actually claimed in 97, he was abducted by jumpsuit-wearing aliens that took him aboard their ship. 
and showed him all these different things of technology that was coming and they actually imparted to him the knowledge that aliens had brought chess to to uh humanity and and uh he he has on occasion gone back and said oh no i didn't say that but then goes back and says oh yeah no i i, I visited with them and we played chess and the the craziest thing of, of his story is the fact that in in putin's russia <laughs> he was still allowed to be in, in control. Yeah. They didn't take him out of any positions. He actually won a re-election shortly after this story came out and was left in charge. <laughs> it's like, um, is is there something that, that maybe he knows, which is why they just kind of let him keep going? Because people are going to think he's crazy by saying this stuff. And, and being Russia the way that place is, Sometimes letting things hide in plain sight is much easier because no one will believe what they're saying. I believe in hips. Hiding in plain sight is sometimes the best place to be. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely, man. Like, like even you go into into our own history of uh, UFO stuff, sometimes the best disinformation is letting the truth information come out. Yeah, And letting like, people oh, think it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's... It's reverse it's psychology, perfect, man. Oh yeah. yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, no, you just and and occasionally you throw crazier and less crazier things out to kind of set the bar of where you need that level of crazy. Then all you gotta do is just throw anal probing in there, and you're done. Oh yeah, you know you just throw. I've seen that's gone on Vogue, out of Vogue. You don't talk. They don't talk much about anal. Probing. No man, I think they figured I think out. Whitley what they Strieber need. was the last one actually. They got big. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, for anal yeah no, I mean, uh, I think maybe they found everything they needed in that cavity, and they've moved on to other things. Why would they check that cavity in the first fucking Well, maybe if, if you go by some people's belief that they are, are trying to do hybridization, maybe they were just really confused on what our reproductive parts were. <laughs> like, what is this here? I don't know. Uh, all, okay, I'm sorry. If an advanced species comes to this planet and is confused by our anatomy, they deserve to die. Mm-hmm. But you gotta start somewhere. I mean, you gotta start figuring it out and be like, "What's this? I don't know. It smells." Oh God damn it! This no. is not good, man. All right, since you talked about the guy who went on a fake vacation with aliens, yeah, right, yeah, right. I got something here that you'll find really intriguing. I don't think you've heard this story. One summer evening in 1995, couples and friends Mike and Debbie joined Steve and Annie at their Derbyshire house for a barbecue and several drinks. The night suddenly took a bizarre and frightening turn a little after 10.30 p.m. Out of nowhere, an unusual, disc-shaped craft hung over them. They watched it for several minutes before all four of them began to feel extremely nauseous. The UFO then vanished as quickly as it arrived. Steve looked over at the barbecue that only moments before had been glowing hot. It was now nothing but a gray ash. The meat burned to a crisp. Well, that sucks. Oh, man, that's a waste. He checked his watch and was alarmed and confused to find it was well after midnight almost 90 minutes had passed damn over the next few days they all began to feel generally unwell have trouble sleeping and overall feeling of anxiety the friends agreed to be hypnotically regressed and all four told the same story there's more to that they have been taken aboard the spacecraft into a medical room where they were placed on tables for examination the walls were described by debbie as being round but divided into squares while Steve claimed he saw figures and drawings on the wall of the various planets, including one from our own solar system he could clearly recognize. Basically, they more on this hip, uh, hypnosis thing, 
they were all hypnotized at the same time in four separate rooms. And right. they all told the same story. <sighs> and there's no way, I'm sorry, if you go under hypnosis... Yeah. How can you tell the same story in four separate rooms at the ti- same time? Right, the, the exact story. And I, I can understand people's trepidation with some of the uh, hypnotic regression. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of you can very much lead yeah some of those ideas to to get a type of story no but to individually lead four people to the who same think story. differently whether you're friends family or not you all have your own things you've gone through that affect how you look at things yeah and to be able to have four of them at the same time being led to come up with the exact details is so astronomical against that happening. Yeah, you better buy a powerball. I mean, like like I happen. said, you could you can you can lead that conversation and train of thought down to, oh, I was abducted. But little details of things that they went through or saw are not going to be the same. They just simply aren't. That's just not how it works. A general story, yes, I think you can lead people down to kind of, oh yeah, I must have been abducted by something. You can lead people that with yeah. depending on your questioning when they're under hypnosis. But to be able to gear each of those minds down the exact same detail path is inconceivable. I, I just don't see that being able to be done. You'd have to you'd have to Yeah, there'd be no way because like, no. like you said, like I Every, think different than you even yeah. if we saw the same thing. Yeah. Would Everyone, be different points yeah. of view, but to get them to say the exact four same things with the same point of view, right? Is unless you got awesome mind control and you're hell with it. it oh, yeah, no, if you've got four like master class level hypnotists, well, but like I said, you know, you've got four different people, and, and how they view things is going to be different. It, it's just not, I, I just don't see that possible, you know what I mean. Just, uh, that's pretty goddamn compelling, really. Yeah. Like I said, I've, I've At always... At least they didn't lie and said they went to Hawaii for a week. <laughs> right. No, I've, I've always been a slightly leery of the hypnotic regression on stories. Oh, yeah, I have too, because... There are some There's that... always some leading questions. It's like, oh, did this yeah, alien yeah. have gray skin or blue skin? Right, And once right. you get that one question rolling, that's automatically going to be in their mind, oh, this alien had gray skin. right. But, but here's a kind of a thing, like with these four people, to some extent, uh, hypnosis like that, you're dealing with their subconscious thoughts to some extent. And everyone's subconscious thoughts are <laughs> way different. Again, you're that's not going to come That's up. why I refuse to be hypnotized. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's something Because to not... be honest, I've had a couple nights where I've had missing time, and I just don't want to know what the fuck I'm Right, I, I don't <laughs> want to think about it, man. Ow. I, uh... I had I, I've only had one weird thing like that. I had one that happened twice in one night. Well, oh, oh, weird. <laughs> well, I had had it, it was something I, I'd thought of many times at, uh, from being a kid. It would be almost a, a memory, but I wasn't sure if it was a dream of being at my aunt and uncle's. They lived down on a farm outside of Mitchell, which is like two hours from us, kind of middle of nowhere. Well, their house. He's like a single level ranch. And I was, a lot of times when we would go down there for something, I would stay in my, my cousin's room because he's like 12 years older than me. So he was away at college, everything else. 
And behind their house, they have a shelter belt. And back behind that, my uncle has a, a pile of old cars. Some of them he was restoring. Some of them he'd sell for parts. There really wasn't much out there. But I remember always having this dream that there was light coming in. Like my cousin's bedroom, his window was just a small one way up on the top. If you were outside, it's like six and a half foot off the ground to look in that window. But I, I remember seeing light, having a dream where I saw light <coughs> out of that window. And going over like up onto the bed to look out and I saw people moving because there was light back behind the shelter belt shining through the trees. And I remember seeing people moving. And I was like, oh, maybe my uncle's out there doing something. And then I, I, I remember something coming closer through the trees. And I hopped back into the bed because I'm like, oh, shit, I don't know what this is. And I vaguely remember seeing the shape of a face looking through that window, which would have to be six and a half, seven foot tall yeah. to be face on into that window. And then I, I would wake up and uh, it, it, I always thought it was a dream because... It was just me, my sister, and my mom. And normally when we went on a trip or something, it was my mom, dad, and then the two of us. And it wasn't until probably like 98, 99. My mom was already dead at that point. But I asked my dad, I said, was there ever a time, because I'd start having memories of this dream again. I was like, was there ever a time where we were down at, you know, my aunt and uncle's, and you weren't there? He's like, no, no. Oh, well, there was that one time we were going to head out to the hills, and I had to work. So you guys drove the other car down, and then I came down the next day, and I was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And it's not something where it's like I have any proof. Maybe like, we should, re maybe just maybe should use dream. some hypnoregression on you. I don't think I want to, man. Like, just Well, you told me. You finished your story. There. It, it, yeah, it was just one of those where it's like it always kind of stuck with me. So it's like, it's like oh, it had to be a dream. But yeah, when my dad was like, oh yeah, no, there was that one trip we did. Oh no, don't tell me that, man. You were supposed to be like, no, man. So then I can just be like, okay, it was just a dream. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Like I said, I have no uh, uh, actual memories of the face or anything. But just the, I remember the shadow of a face in the window. And I just, poop <laughs> covers over my head. And I was like, nope, I'm not seeing any of this shit. I'm, I'm to bed. Well, since you were nice enough to share your story, I'm gonna. I think I might have told you this story, but I don't think I've said it on here. Probably, yeah. I was back when I was just out of the military, and I was in this. We were up hanging cruising with me and my two other friends at the time. We were up in Wilmot. Oh, okay. And Wilmot's a town north here, a small town. We were just up there doing whatever people do on the weekends. Maybe have one or two little cocktails. Right, right. But we're like, all right, it's gonna be about midnight. Let's head back to South Shore. And so you're like, all right, I'm the one driving my truck. And my other two buddies are there. They're whatever, just bullshitting away. Then the next thing I know, all three of us are in Millbank. Whoa. We went the total opposite way of South Shore. Yeah. Because I'm like, we, I remember driving towards South Shore, which would be to the south of us, yes. south of Beaumont. We ended up to the west of it, no, east of it, east. in Millbank. I'm like, I'm getting out. I felt kind of weird. I'm like, all right, I'm getting out. I go, I need some coffee or something. Because, oh, I just fell asleep and I just took the wrong way. I'm like, right. but for Wilmot's, out. yeah. So I get in there. Next thing I know, I get in my truck. My two buddies are passed out. They're sleeping. They're yeah. not drunk or anything. They're just tired because it's like 2 in the morning. I'm used to being up that late for being in the military. Oh, yeah. I'm like, all right. I remember turning the key over 
and that's the last thing I remember till we got to the main street of South Shore. Really? Now this gets worse because we get to South Shore. I drop my two buddies off. They're like, "Yeah, thanks for the ride." I'm like, I'm like confused because how the fuck did we get here? There was, I, I I'm serious, folks. There's no drugs or alcohol involved in this story. We're just dinking around. And the next thing I know, I'm backing out Main Street and I'm at my parents' place. Like, that fucking quick. So I went from Wilma to Millbank to South Shore in what felt like a span of five minutes. Wow. Don't remember how I got to any of that. You got any of there. But, yeah, it was two in the morning. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, wow. I mean, I, I've done that kind of like uh, when I was heading home or whatever. I'd kind of zone out. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's my turn. But I remember driving. You know what I mean? Well, I don't remember driving at all. Yeah. And that, that's just <laughs> it. It's like. I, and I some of them roads where, where you, we take, like if you grew up in this country, there's some twisty and turny oh, yeah. roads back there. If you're not awake, you're gonna go straight. Oh, yeah, you're, straight. You're off. Yeah, yeah, you're done for because there's like, Ugh. there's sharp curves unless you know what's coming up. Yep, yep. You right, especially at night like that, it, you don't really see it until you're on them. Yeah, I've been on some of those where I'm like, oh fuck. Unless you have driven go right. your whole life, which I had, <laughs> so I don't think my autopilot would have been that good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. But yeah, like I said, even when I've kind of zoned out, driving around, whatever, I was like, oh, God, here's my turn. I, I still remember. I was thinking about other shit, but I mean, I still remember that time I was driving. Oh, man, that's wild. Holy shit. Yeah, because like, I have a theory on the missing time. Like People like, like the example with like, the John Day's thing. Yeah. Basically, okay, there's another a better example. They're just people that have, like, witnesses UFOs. Yes. And they're, like, watching it for what seems like five minutes. The next thing they look down at their clock radio, two hours have passed. Yeah. What if, this is a what-if suggestion. Right, right, right. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. What if these alien aircrafts that are coming in, they're actually slipping in from a different time, and they're close enough to their vehicles where they're stuck in their time, but time dilation oh, acts okay. differently that yes, they're so yeah. close. That's why... What seems like five minutes is actually five minutes, but it's actually two hours because right. of time it's like dilation. A, a time bubble yeah. around where they've they've popped into. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That is interesting, actually. Because uh, there's something, like, a lot of people believe that aliens come in from a different timeline. Right. Because they're not really aliens, they're just us from a different timeline. Yeah. That would make, like, the distortion of time would make it more applicable to for that to happen. Like Yeah, the... Other than just you're missing. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand missing time if you're abducted because you've been abducted and that time is passing and you're yeah. not there. But to act, actually be awake and watching something and then, yeah, like like cases like that where it's like, oh, shit, it's been an hour and a half. There's no way I've been standing here for an hour and a half. No way whatsoever <laughs> I've been standing here for an hour and a half. I'm fat and lazy. My legs would be tired. But, yeah, no, um, that, uh, that, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see that. See, I'm going to get any more stories or not. Uh, no, I'm I got, I got, we'll finish out on this one. This encounter. Okay. This story is called. I, Arm... I do have one, but it's, okay. it's fine. We'll do it after yeah, this. We'll we got go plenty on. of time. This one's called the armed guard reports, triple alien encounter. What is it with aliens and coming down in threes, man, for, Just wait. for a century now? It gets now. better. Actually, technically, I think there's four. Oh, Jesus. An encounter with one alien would be strange enough, but one witness who submitted his report to the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, website says he encountered not one, but three different types of 
alien creatures one day in 1991 while he was guarding a farm in Foulmouth, Kentucky. The encounter has haunted the witness for several years and involved three different archetypes of aliens. It all started as a witness was eating lunch one day. One of the workers at the farm came up and suggested that he had seen trespassers on the farm. After finishing up his meal, the man loaded his gun and decided, and decided to set out to see if he could find where the trespassers had gone in hopes of running them off. After trekking out into the middle of the nearby woods, he suddenly caught sight of something darting behind a tree. Leveling the barrel of his shotgun, he called out to the shape. As it emerged, he couldn't believe what he was seeing. The creature was short, approximately three and a half feet tall. It had gray skin and large black eyes that looked up with looked up with him cold and alien. As he hesitated, wondering what he should do next, the being suddenly seemed to telepathically say to him not to shoot. It then explained it was going to leave him alone and took off running up the hill to a seven-foot-tall beam of light that appeared on the hilltop. Just as the creature was about to leave, the witness recounts that at this point he became aware of another creature standing behind him. As he turned to face this new unknown entity, he described the entity as being as scaly like a lizard, but with insect-like features. The witness was disturbed but terrified at this point. Shortly after that third entity appeared, this one appearing like a tall Bigfoot type entity. After the experience of witnessing, witness suddenly lost consciousness and woke up hours later. What the fuck? When he came to, he returned to his post back at the farm, and one of the workers there asked him where he had been all day. He had no recollection of the events that transpired prior to this after encountering the two strange creatures. While it might sound fantastic, the idea of multiple types of aliens working in concert in a single area have been reported before in the past. While these encounters seem too strange to be believed by some others, say the testimony of these involved in them only add to the mountains of evidence, suggesting that we are being visited far more than we have originally thought. The witness further went on to speculate that it's possible the entities could have been transdimensional, thus resulting in their ability to disappear without a trace. Just how this works, none of us could venture a guess. Uh, See, I think the lizard thing, that technically counts for you had the gray, the Bigfoot alien, yeah. Then you had the lizard, but with an insectoid part. So basically, you had insects and insect uh, and, and lizards crossbreeding. Yeah. Uh, see now. To me, the idea of uh, transdimensional makes a whole lot more sense. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> to, to the, I've then, said this a hundred times. Oh yeah, man! Like then, then a, a flying ship from another planet. Yeah. Thousands of light years away. I, I just. It's it's really hard. I, I love the mystique of it and the idea of it. Yeah. Like, like you know, as a little kid, I was like, E.T. is probably out there somewhere, man. Because, I mean, it's, it's the idea of that. And I think E.T. is out there somewhere. He just hasn't come here yet. Yeah. I mean, he's either long dead or, or hasn't come about yet just because of the amount of time that, that space really takes to traverse. It really does. I, I think it's and even like easier some people... to flip in in and out of uh, dimensions and or even timelines, if yeah. you will, than, than to fly from Zeta Reticuli to get here to stick a probe. Because also, spot. too, if you think about wormholes, right? if you open a wormhole, it's going to have a big opening. Yes. Just because it's expensive, it's going to be very noticeable in the night sky. I don't care who you are. It's going to be very noticeable because there's all that energy being expended from right. it. It's basically picture the opposite of a black hole. Yeah. It's going to be a white hole where it shoots out everything. So whatever's in there, it's going to 
It's just not the spaceship it's bringing along. Yeah. It's all the material and stuff where it came from is coming along with it at the same time. Yeah, right. Yeah. That, I, I think I think uh, even, say, like Star Trek DS9, that was the whole basis of that show, was yeah. that they were outside of a, a semi-permanent wormhole and trying to figure out how it was created. Yeah. But even there, there was frequencies coming between whenever that thing opened up and closed. And you're going to have that kind of... We, we would be picking up weird galactic particles popping through if we had that right outside of that us. just made me think of something that could be fast radio burst too that's the big thing now you ever heard of that oh, really you ever heard of fast radio burst yeah or, i have yeah that, well that is actually saying all right we're it's uh, hundreds of light years away but they're yep. picking it up and who knows maybe that's the sound of a wormhole opening that, that could be yeah no i don't see why not because they're not consistent it's sporadic yep. in certain different parts of the sky they're picking them up who's not to say that yes People are using wormholes, and this is actually the signature you get, yeah, which yeah. we are calling fast radio bursts. Yeah, the, the, the warp signature, yeah. if you will, of, of that uh, wormhole opening and closing. Yep. Interesting idea, actually. That uh, That is pretty goddamn interesting. I, I, am, I, I, I come up with a good idea occasionally. Yeah, I, I never thought <laughs> of that, man. Yeah, cause I, I've seen, yeah, we pick up. These uh, FRBs out of nowhere, we're like, ah, where'd it come from? And there's nothing out there. It doesn't repeat it, it, in the same it's, area. It's plausible, I'll say that much, because right. they're so random. It's like, if you want, if you want people to come from a different aliens, which they haven't been here yet, I don't think, folks. But if they do, maybe that maybe they are using wormhole technology. And maybe what we're picking up on the signal is the FRBs. Right, right. And yeah, to me, it, that would be, in my mind, the only way we could do that kind of interstellar travel is harnessing wormhole tech. Yeah, or you're going to have to use generational ships. Yeah. Which usually don't work very well if you watch any human Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 absolutely no. Any of those, uh, just uh, Pandorum. Let's just go with Pandorum. Pandorum's an awesome movie. I love that movie, man, but that's how shit goes wrong. <laughs> Multi-generational ships of things going wrong and relying on technology and one small flight crew to try to maintain then they're then the intelligence screws it all up and they're yeah, safe the just, whole time they just had to open the door just, uh, <laughs> such a great movie man oh yeah but uh yeah no i'm actually going to tell story i've told you this and i've told quite a few of my close friends uh this is not an, an abduction story or anything like that but it does involve uh weird shit i've Anal seen probing? in the sky no probing no Come on. Unfortunately. It could have been at one point, but we just got the hell out of <laughs> it. could have been at one time. But, uh... Ooh, there's a juicy part to this. <laughs> I don't remember this part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when's this OnlyFans thing going on? Yeah. But, uh, no, man, like, uh, back in... It would have been 86, 87. So I was, like, 11, 12, maybe 6. Going into 7th grade, I think. Is God damn, you're younger than me. Holy I know, fuck. <laughs> but, uh... Like, my sister and some of her friends, and we would hang out. It was fall, so it was still nice enough out, but it got dark early. And they'd all gone home. My sister went inside. And I was outside playing around, fucking around on my bike. And and I remember sitting there, and like a lot of times, I look up in the sky. And, and I had seen, basically, it was three orange lights. And and a center blue. A bigger center blue chunk. And it was... You couldn't really see the, the outline because it was dark out. But I saw these lights and you get the impression it was a triangular thing floating above me. And when I say UFO, I don't mean aliens. I mean it's a flying object that is unidentified. This thing 
dead silent, flying northeasterly uh, over my house in town here. And uh, and I, this time watching it, there were two smaller orange lights, uh, almost like a, a, a flanking position that was trailing this thing. I don't know how big it was, don't know how high up it was, but I sat and watched it for like five minutes, just flying northeast, no sound. Now, we have an airport in town. I know the sound of, of airplanes. I know what they look like when they're flying over. I lived like eight blocks from the hospital, so I knew a helicopter when it came in, so we had quite a few. And and I didn't recognize this thing at all. I wasn't scared, but I was just like, what the hell is this thing? And I remember going inside and telling my parents, oh my God, I just saw this thing. And they kind of blew it off. you know. It's like, And I don't know if it was, you're just being overactive or they didn't want me to freak out. But uh, yeah, I was... I was like, oh, okay, I, I know I saw this, but may, maybe I'm nuts. But I go through the next few years, and and it was always kind of in my head, but I, I really didn't tell people, like, hey, man, I just saw this thing. Because we moved up here when I was in second grade. And, and in smaller towns like this, even at that point I'd been here like four years, I was still kind of the new guy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, uh... Well, you get to 89 and 90, there was the huge wave of triangular ships that yep. went across Belgium, and they did big stories on this. And at the time, you got to understand, unless you were really into UFOs, there you were not heard a lot of, of... I wasn't really at that point. I mean, I was interested, but uh, you didn't have a lot of reports of triangular UFOs. It's They were out there. But you had to be reading things like Skeptic Magazine and, and some of those. Or Fate. Or yeah, Omni. and Fate. And, yeah, and I didn't have access to those. So I knew nothing about triangular UFOs. But they did this story on uh, this, yeah, for like six months. There was just constant sightings of these triangular. And the way they described them, well, I was like, holy shit. That sounds a lot like what I saw. And I remember a friend of mine who, in 86, 87, we had become friends, but we weren't super close yet. So I certainly wasn't going to be like, hey, man, I saw this thing, think I'm a crazy person. See, that's opposite what I wanted to do. So that's <laughs> total opposite. Right. Well, at that point, too, I was still like, oh, I want to try to get in with people. No, Anymore, highly I don't. Overrated. I don't care. If you like me, you like me. You don't, you don't. But, yeah, I mean, we, we were talking about that story in, in one of our classes or whatever. And my, my friend, he's like, oh, man, that sounds just like the thing I saw. The same time I saw it, I was like, wait. I said, you, you saw it? He's Did like, we yeah. we just become best friends? I was like, yeah. Was, <laughs> we already were at that point. But I was just like, you saw that thing too? He's like, yeah. It was like flying up to the northwest, like three orange lights. I'm like, holy fuck, dude. All this time, I had no idea that you saw it. But, uh, and we never really talked about it again after that. We, we both kind of went, yeah, that, that was really weird. I don't know what that is, but that sounds like just what we saw. We're going to start a poll right now, Marty. Right. We're, we're gonna, I want any of our listeners to email us yes or no. at Just at, just email us at eothpodcast at gmail.com. Right. If you want Marty to get hypnoregression, and I'll pay for it. We will find it. <laughs> and we, will, we will record that and put this on a podcast. If we get That'd enough people terrifying. saying yes. I don't care if one person comes in, to emails and says yes, we're going to do it. We had one person vote. They said yes. So that's majority. <laughs> that is majority. I can't fight democracy, man. 
But yeah, no, uh, fast forward to, uh, it would have been spring of 97, so about 10 years after my original seeing this. We were at the, the haunted apartments we lived in. Yeah. And uh, our, our basement neighbors, we'd kind of become friends with and did stuff with. It was like... Did they have uh, names or just the basement neighbors? They were basement neighbors. <laughs> that's, I, like, that's a long that's time a, ago, that's, man. That's, like, that's a scary thought. Yeah, I was friends with the basement neighbors. Yeah, no, I mean, that's they, like they, something were, to they were a cool family. They actually had family that was actually from up here, too, so oh, we kind of okay. knew them. But uh, uh, here, the, the telltale stomping up the steps to, to my apartment and knocking on the door, and I'm playing a game because it's Friday or Saturday night. And I expect it is my friend. I'm like, dude, come in. Just come on in. Bang, 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 bang. I'm like, fuck, dude. I don't really want to pause my game because, again, I'm a fat, lazy piece of shit who likes to play games. But I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, get up. And it's my neighbor from downstairs, and his face is just, and he, he's native. But his face was white, man. He's just oh, like, he's like, oh, Marty, you got to come down and see this. I'm like, oh, what did you fucking do this time? You know, because he would do some dumb shit sometimes. Like, drove their car the seven miles from town on a flat. So it was just like the rim sparking all the way home. Yeah, just weird shit like that. I was like, oh, what is it? Just tell me. He's like, I can't tell you. You need to come see this. I'm like, That's never a good sign when they said, I can't I know, tell I'm you. Like, you need to come see this. Okay. A, so, it's either a dead body. Right. Or B, it's a dead body. You're right. I'm just like, is there some weird animal you kill? But uh, he's like, you just need to follow me downstairs. You need to see this. We've been watching this the entire way from town. Seven mile drive. I'm like okay like what the fuck i come out and i'll be fucked if it's not that same triangular craft i had seen 10 years before the the three orange lights in a triangular shape uh the big it's i could see it a lot better because either this one was a lot bigger or a hell of a lot lower than the first time i saw it which kind of would make sense as we're in the country in the middle of nowhere and not buildings to hit. Yeah. But yeah, I can actually make out details of the blue center circle of this thing just silently gliding through the sky. Again, heading to the northeast from where we were at. Or no, no, this one would have been this one would have been heading northwest. With uh, had to think of the direction we were in. Yeah, this one's heading northwest. And we just sat and watched this thing. He's like, what is it? I'm like, I don't know, dude, but I saw this thing 10 years ago. The same exact thing. So this is just a lot fucking bigger or a lot lower. Because this is fucking huge. Uh, the size of this, this is pre-drone times. This is like 96, 97. And I was just like, and we just sit there watching it for what felt how, like forever. How big did you guesstimate? How big? <sighs> Uh, 10 I, I would, 15 oh, I, 30 I, much bigger i i would say at least like a, a probably a 50 uh 60 foot span from like the back because it's oh, triangular the, leading the back, with the, the widest point. part would be 50 yeah. to 60 feet I, okay. I would say yeah easily 50 60 feet if not probably a little more that's huge it's, it's it was big it was very large and maybe man maybe not that 40 to 50 but uh yeah we just sat and watched this thing flying silently wasn't speeding up, wasn't slowing down, wasn't going up, down. Just kept flying through the sky. And I'm like, oh, fuck. That is just really weird. And we're just watching and watching. And I don't know why, but I ended up looking to the south like, was there something else? And I'm like, I saw two other lights. I'm like, what the hell is that? And at that point, I can start to hear it. I was like, that's fucking helicopters coming from the same direction this thing was coming. 
And I start looking, I'm like, there's a third helicopter. It's like there were two off to the side and one back behind them. And all of a sudden you would just see, boom, searchlight come on, going back and forth through the fields. And I was like, uh, dude, let's go inside. <laughs> no! He's like, what? I'm like, dude, there's helicopters over there. Oh, what's going on? I'm like, no, dude, get inside. And, you know, then, boom, searchlight would come on again. They're going. And they were just like, like they were searching for something on the ground. And I was like, no, we need to get inside the door here. So we got into the outer door of his place. It has a little tiny uh, rectangular window we can actually still see out of. I'm like, I, I don't know, even if they, they, they may have the technology to know we're here. But I don't really want to be caught standing straight up outside, staring where this thing was. Because there's no way this is not connected to this ship. Alright, I'm going to yell at you for a second. Right. Then you continue, sorry. You should have just stayed where you're at. They could have had an MIB experience. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know, man. But for whatever reason, that the triangle never scared me. Those helicopters fucking sent a shiver down my spine. Like, it, it was... I didn't even think about it. I was like, you need to go inside now. <laughs> Those helicopters terrified the fuck out of me. And I don't know if it was just the random <coughs> searchlight on the, the trail one that was searching for something. <laughs> I was just like, mm, yeah, I don't want to be what they find, man. He's like, oh, good point. I'm like, yeah. But yeah, we watched and you could hear the helicopters coming from quite a ways. Oh, away. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, eventually they came over, we saw the light cross the road from do you know, us. Remember, do, you, can you, do you know what type of helicopters they I were? I don't know. They were... It was dark. Uh, from what were they I your typical see, black helicopters? Yeah, you couldn't see them. That is what I it just so the shape I'm making of the, the assumption they're probably Hueys. Yeah, uh, they they were not like a commercial helicopter. The light placement is or different. the fast little ones. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it was a, a larger they sound, helicopter. They, yeah, there the is fast a little one sound sounds a lot different. Yeah, and it was it that was my impression that they were a bit bigger helicopter and not your commercial grade, you know, highway patrol guys running up and yeah. down the highway. It was something higher tech, but even there it was still, it was a noise, but it wasn't normal helicopter noise. That's and it just, I don't know. Those things scared the shit out of me. And I was just like, Nope, <laughs> not having any part of that. And we heard them. You could hear them kind of flying past and we finally went out and yeah, we watched them take, keep going to uh, the northwest, following the same path this thing was. And yeah, searchlight would come on, search through a field, then <laughs> just keep going. And I was like, oh, damn, <laughs> damn, dude. Never saw them again. I, I honestly, at that point, I was like, oh, man, it was about 10 years ago when I saw that. I, I, I almost expected 06 or 07 at some point to see it again. It's like, is this going to be like an every decade thing? I'm going to get a trip of this. See, but I think I figured out why they do the spotlight. Because some helicopters probably have some type of, they probably had infrared on them. Mm -hmm. And when they're going over the fields, they either probably picked up deer and thought there was people out yep. there. And that's what they were probably, well, just that's, deer. Yeah, see, that's what I was kind of wondering, too. If they're hitting on something and then boop, boop, kind of checking out. deer or Yep. Coyotes or something like that. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That would pick plenty up of quick. wildlife. What's that? I said that would pick up quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, it was just, like I said, the, the triangle ship, I never had any feelings, good or bad. It was just like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, as soon as those helicopters, man, I just, it was, it was like a chill went up my spine. I was like, nope, I don't want to be out here. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure they could probably see we're in here, but I don't want to be out there <laughs> standing Right in the path of where this thing was. Well, for you whatever had no reason. faith in our government. They would have treated. They would have treated you nicely. Right, you would think. 
But yeah, no. We uh, just saw our experimental aircraft that we spent fifty billion dollars on because we said we bought a hammer for ten. Million. It, right. Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, I, I know there are a lot of people that are, are associating it with the uh, Black Manta, which is an experimental plane we've supposedly been working on. But you're going back to 1986 when I saw it. These same things have been reported all over the world. These triangular ones. Yep. Because after that, anytime I saw a story on triangular, I was like, oh, oh, now I have an interest in this because I saw something like that. The sky people, the aeronauts, have upgraded their equipment. That's right, right. Is. They're not dirigibles anymore. <laughs> but, but I mean, I know we do a lot of time when we're doing new planes, but it seems like that's a long chunk of time at this point before unleashing it. You know what yeah. I mean? Because at this point, it'd be... That 30 30 some years, you know, since I saw it the first time. Usually, even like the the early stuff, like the uh, F-117s, it was about a decade. And then, okay, yeah, we know this is here. The stealth bomber. The stealth bomber. Oh, yeah. And they'd actually do fly really slow. Oh, yeah. yeah. But the reason they're geared for flying slow is so they have less radar signature because of the turbulence from the air because radar can pick up turbulence. Because they're not completely stealth, but if you go at the right speed, right. you're slow enough. But if you go too fast, you're picked up. If you go too, there, sp- there's still a noise to those things. Yeah, there I is. mean, I, I've I've been around a lot of different jets, and they all have their own unique sound, but they all have a sound. Yeah. But yeah, this thing's dead sound. Like I said, this is long before we were even really messing with any drones, and even drones have a noise to them. Yeah. I mean, the predators are pretty good. About, but they're really silent. Like, their ceiling is. Oh yeah, yeah. That you can't. Yeah. Most they're, time you can't even see them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By the time you're dead, it's you're they're long past. But yeah, no, it's just one of those weird things that, like I said, it did pique my interest. Anytime triangular stuff did pop up after that, because like I said, be, prior to my seeing it, I had never heard stories of triangular craft, not really at all. I mean, there are some. Oddball series like Diamond Craft, and, but nothing quite like that. But yeah, like the, the 8990 uh, Belgian one, I was like, I wasn't crazy, man. Somebody else in another country is seeing this same damn thing I'm seeing. They're describing the exact same thing I was watching four years ago. So it gave me at least a little bit of, you're not nuts. Yeah. We are, yeah. but not for this. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, still one of the coolest things I've ever seen, honestly. That, that second sighting of it was just... Like I said, I, I could I, I could see the detail of that blue under light, basically in the center between the three uh, reds. And yeah, it was just one of the coolest damn things I've ever seen. The coolest thing I've ever seen is something I've seen down in Juarez, and I will not repeat on the air, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, I'm going to throw this out there. If any of our listeners want Marty to be hypnoregressed and see if he actually was aimingly pro by some aliens, please email us. <laughs> All you got to do is say yes, and we'll know what you mean. I will, right, anyway. Right. And I might even, I may not even show Marty the email and say, hey, we've got, we got 10 people saying yes, they want you to... We, we've got a hundred people that wrote us this week. Oh, cool! They all said yes. Fuck. <laughs> well, yes you... to pizza because I like pizza. Oh no! Nope. We're gonna see how tight your anal is. <laughs> pizza probing. What's the difference? <laughs> so I used grease. <laughs> oh Jesus! It's true though. It's true. Oh man, that's horrible. Oh, yeah, that's just wrong. It really is. So, oh we, my god! Have you got anything else for these people? I, I, I really don't, man. <laughs> 
Uh, just, no, the, yeah, the, the grease thing. Can't use much. pepperoni cheese. That's kind of spicy. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> it's got a little bit of a burn to it. <laughs> All right, folks. Everybody <laughs> have a good week. Stay safe and everything. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Shut up.